Hi there, folks. So Facebook and Instagram putting children at risk by steering predators towards them. I'm Aaron Young. Let's find out. Now, streaming right around the world, this is Ticker Today. Hello, great to be with you wherever you are joining us from. Also on Ticker Today, Australia's groundbreaking top secret data cloud project that directly links to the United States and the UK. But first... We kick it off with ticker hotshots. Veronica Dudos in our New York studio for us. Veronica, Facebook and Instagram accused of steering sexual predators towards children. The lawsuit claiming that both platforms failing to adequately protect their young users from harm and that the algorithms and content recommendation systems actively encourage predatory behavior. It's been really interesting listening to Elon Musk, who was speaking at a New York Times event about TikTok recently saying, I used TikTok until I didn't like what the AI and the algorithm started serving me up. So the question then becomes, is this because of AI and the algorithm that Meta finds itself being accused of when it comes to this predatory kind of content, or is this something deliberate from the users? I guess that's the key point. Really troubling allegations. We do know that the New Mexico uh, prosecutor, they are the ones who have filed this lawsuit. And they are saying that, uh, you know, Meta and Facebook, that they are breeding ground for predators and are leading them to minors. So this certainly really needs to be looked at. And in some regard, uh, we do remember some of those very uh, famous and much reported congressional hearings in which we saw uh, a lot of the uh, you know, different leaders in Silicon yeah. Valley testifying and talking about, you know, how their algorithms do work. Uh, it's something that lawmakers are trying to understand. And then it is scary when we're hearing from them that they're not exactly even sure how that works. And so this certainly needs to be looked at. But taking from this, parents really need to try to set up as many safety precautions as they can. And obviously, they're very busy. It's not something that they want to hear. They need to do something more, uh, you know, something that takes their time to try to figure this out. But uh, honestly, you know, it is probably the best thing to do just for the safety of children right now. Well, it is an interesting debate. I mean, it's one thing to say that uh, they didn't adequately protect their young users from harm and that the algorithms and content recommendations actively encourage predatory behavior. What does that actually mean, though, to actively encourage predatory behavior? I don't understand how an algorithm can encourage you to become a predator. It seems to be uh, legal language that um, it sounds hard to be found guilty of if you're an organization. I can't imagine anyone at Instagram or Facebook is is sitting there coding to try and create predatory behavior. It may be the outcome of what has happened, but the concept that this is deliberate would be very, very hard to prove, I'd imagine. So exactly. A lot of attorneys, they are, you know, debating this. A lot more evidence needs to be released. We'll have to see kind of where this goes. But if nothing else, you know, if this is just a way to highlight, again, the risks that are associated or or just to have people try to get involved a little bit more with children and all of the hours they're spending online. Uh, in terms of legally, can something come from this? It, again, I, I think it just highlights the concern of this, you know, in 
the community, but we will have to see from a legal standpoint, like as to your point, exactly what can they be held accountable for? Let's talk about Taylor Swift uh, emerging victorious in that prestigious competition to become Time Magazine's person of the year. What was surprising is the list of people who it could have been. So uh, Barbie, King Charles III, of course, first year of his reign, and also Sam Altman, who many expected would be uh, Time's uh, person of the year. But it goes down to Taylor Swift. Um, I think we've got the image here. Uh, have a look at this. There she is, the three covers of Time Magazine. Uh, we think of some of the famous people who have fronted Time Magazine uh, Person of the Year. Elon Musk, even at one stage, was Adolf Hitler, I believe. Uh, not obviously anything to do with Taylor Swift. But eras come and eras go, but Taylor Swift's era appears to very much be here. What do you make of it all? I think you said it. It's not necessarily the year of Taylor Swift, but really kind of the era because we do feel like uh, she has been uh, taking the headlines left and right. Obviously, she has her new concert film that w- it was a blockbuster, um, you know, in terms of the money that it made when it opened. Oh, looks like we've just lost Veronica there. Unfortunately, as someone else has jumped in, we'll leave it there and move on uh, for the time being, uh, though. So do stay with us, of course. Australia is working on a groundbreaking top secret data cloud project that directly links to the United States and the UK. The Australian spy chief made a rare public appearance where he disclosed the data sharing project, a project shrouded in secrecy until now, designed to enhance information exchange and collaborative efforts in countering global threats. It cutting-edge encryption and cybersecurity measures to safeguard sensitive information shared across the borders. The spy chief emphasised the project's potential to strengthen the intelligence alliance between Australia, the US, as well as the UK. Well, Bitcoin is back. The crypto industry's biggest asset responded to a dismal 2022 with a sustained climb upwards this year. In the last few months of 2023, that slow crawl turned into a cannon shot as well. Let's bring in Jessica Amir, <laughs> market strategist at Moomoo. Uh, great to see you there, uh, Jessica. Talk to us about what Hi, we're Aaron. seeing with Bitcoin because it seems to be back in vogue. Absolutely. Bitcoin is back in vogue. It's, I guess, without a doubt, the best performing asset this year. So it's up a phenomenal 170%. So it's just cracked over $43,000 US overnight, Aaron. It is still down from its high, though, but it's probably going to rally Uh, for the rest of the year and into next for a couple of key reasons. Number one, we've obviously got the key US central bank, the Federal Reserve, Uh, they're likely to go on a cutting streak. So that'll support uh, the crypto, the the crypto king higher. And then of course, you've got demand from exchange traded funds and investment managers wanting to add Bitcoin to their portfolios. And the third thing, Aaron, is you've got Bitcoin's use is actually increasing. So it's now being used to pay for household items. We know uh, you can buy Tesla car with Bitcoin, but coffees, flights, clothes, you name it. But now the question is, like, have you missed out on the rally? How high can it go? Uh, so calls are being, um, are being made that Bitcoin could hit $100,000 next year. And don't forget, um, Aaron, you've got Kathy Wood, who predicted Bitcoin would reach $1.5 million or $1.48 million by 2030. So uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll be phenomenal to watch. But I definitely think that Bitcoin should be a part of some people's portfolios. It is interesting because it has been part of people's portfolios, but many of those people felt like they got really burned. When we talk about numbers like over 100,000, 
we really don't know, do we? The, the hope is that as the economy recovers, and what we've learned about Bitcoin is it seems to be discretionary spending, right? That's been the lesson this year, that as discretionary spending is tightening up, thanks to those interest rate rises across the world, Bitcoin's price and the crypto sector in general has been hit. It's interesting as well when we talk about Sam Bankman-Fried, FTX, some of the other crypto collapses even just recently we've been seeing as well. You would think that there would be a fair bit of skepticism in the market about getting involved in something which, you know, the biggest banks in the world are saying this is a really tough sector. We're not really sure whether it's real. It is a tough sector, but it is real. So you've got uh, the Federal Reserve and also uh, back home, um, Australia's central bank, the RBA, looking into um, methodologies as to how they can basically use blockchain. And we do know the world is going cashless. The reason that Bitcoin uh, had its demise last year was part and parcel with the central bank increasing interest rates uh, to combat inflation. And so now the rhetoric has completely changed, and that's why Bitcoin has uh, bounced up off its lows. So it's all about inflation coming down um, and the US central bank cutting interest rates. And that is exactly why the Bitcoin price has moved up about 25%. Uh, just recently, and that's because the futures markets are now actually pricing in the Federal Reserve will make interest rate cuts as early as March. And so this rhetoric has completely changed because we did hear from the Federal Reserve Chair uh, just recently who actually said, uh, you know, that, that, that they do have restrictive policy, which basically means, hey, we might not need to hike interest rates yeah. again. And then you had, I guess, what we call a hawk. You had a Fed chair hawk come out and say uh, that the Federal uh, Reserve could potentially cut interest rates. So this has not been said um, in this yeah. part of the cycle. And that's well, why let's Bitcoin talk about that if we can, Jessica. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Um, let's talk that's about fine. what we're expecting uh, with rate cuts, because there is an expectation that there will be a rate cutting streak next year. But some others, banks, and, and particularly we're hearing here in Australia, We've heard from some of the big banks saying, look, I think that because of the government spending that's going on out there, that actually rates will need to stay high for quite some time, high being 4.35% in Australia. But compared to 10 years ago, that's actually still quite low. Uh, it's just that the values of the properties and the loans have, have really become quite high. So when we talk about um, what we expect from the Fed Reserve, from the RBA next year, is it possible that the US might cut and Australia might stay on hold. What do you think? Spot on. That's that's exactly it. So the Federal Reserve is now expected to make a series of cuts, cutting interest rates by as much as 1%, and they could effectively start that in, um, in March, but there's a higher chance of a rate cut uh, later on. So there's an 80% chance of a cut uh, from June onwards. And so that is very starkly different to the RBA. So the Reserve Bank of Australia is expected to potentially make another hike in February, would you believe? So there's a 30% chance uh, the futures markets are actually telling us there's a 30% chance the RBA will hike in Feb and then keep interest rates, as you said, higher for longer. And the reason for that is because the RBA is now focused on unemployment. So until we see um, I guess the economy weakening a little bit more. And we just saw that uh, with yesterday's GDP data here yeah. in Australia. But yeah, until we see unemployment picking up, that's later in the year in Australia, then the RBA has got ammunition to actually cut. And yeah. that's what the futures are saying, RBA cut late next year. 
All right, let's just uh, quickly finally end on tech stocks as well. Uh, tech stocks performing really well. Apple hitting $3 trillion in market cap value, um, but interested in this concept of M&A activity next year as well. A lot of talk that we're going to be seeing those mergers back. What do you think? Yes, spot on. So when we are looking at M&A, we typically see uh, M&A pick up at a time when a lot of small cap stocks have been depressed and it's all on the back of the interest rates the interest rate narrative shifting. So we do know that small caps have heavily underperformed this year. So a lot of those small companies, they typically carry a lot higher debt. Uh, so they're the companies that are probably going to be uh, tapped on the shoulder and they'll probably be M&A targets. So I guess watch this space. They're probably going to be also likely yeah. uh, to make a big run up as well in the first right. quarter. Jess Premier from Moomoo Market Strategist. Always appreciate your time here at Ticker. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. More Ticker right after this. You're watching Ticker. We'll have more in just a few minutes. 